Okay, this is another episode of the Tasty Spreads podcast, where just a couple of co-hosts that are on fire. I'm joined by one of them, Mr. Grant Angle. What is up, man? 10,000 flame emojis, fireworks, <laughs> cash falling from the sky. You cannot miss right now. I'm, I'm doing all right, too. I'm riding with. I mean, couldn't get any better over here, buddy. Just to catch everybody up. So both of us have won five in a row, which is just kind of like absurd, considering that two of them were alternate spreads that were like in the plus 250 range, that which we just hit back to back. So I think as a show, there's a there's a couple losses mixed in there. I think I counted 10 out of the last 12. But independently of that, we're both five out of our last five, um, plus, you know, in the 750, 760 range. So it's pretty wild. The last time we lost a bet, it was Chicago Bulls related. So if you remember back when they were still alive in the NBA season, that was the last bet that we lost as a show. Pretty proud of that. Nobody even remembers the Bulls at this point. <laughs> when did they appear last? I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> is that, is that, were, were those the Tim Floyd Bulls? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're on absolute fire, and we're in the midst of round one of the NBA playoffs. A lot of juicy matchups. Which series um, kind of has you the most interested at this point? Which series has me the most interested? That is a good question. I mean, Warriors-Kings. I mean, obviously, we have pro wrestling uh, has been incorporated into it. Uh, You know, obviously, I've been, I think, for, I want to say, roughly 50% of our shows, I have at least mumbled once in the show, like the beam. I just like to say it, like, real fast. (laughs) Like, even under my breath, sometimes, they just go, like the beam. I love it. Um, I love the way they play. I mean, I'm kind of looking at them. Well, I think the last I checked, they're like plus, they're either plus six or plus six and a half. They are right now plus six. I'm actually like kind of considering it as it as we record this. It's 15 minutes from tip-off time, but um, <laughs> what's uh, piquing your interest? So so with that one in particular, um, obviously Warriors are down to 2-0 at this point. So in a little bit of trouble. Basically, I, I picked them tonight to win game three. Um, parlayed that with the Sixers. So the Warriors were minus 210 to win. Sixers were minus 190. I smashed those together for a plus 116 Sixers Warriors. Nice. Um, so that one's uh, – we'll, we'll see what happens there. But um, I kind of do expect the Warriors to come back and make a series of it. Um, but on the same token – I, I really think there's they've an, they've angered the basketball gods. Uh, I, I messaged you this about Steph's like runner at the buzzer at the end of game one, yeah. and him just kind of like not really taking that shot seriously, like kind of like ah okay well we're in it with the Kings this is really cute. Um, I didn't like that at all <laughs> from, from a juju standpoint, and then now you've got like Draymond stomping on Sabonis, uh, getting the one game suspension, pretty late in the mix. I think it took the, the league a long time to kind of come down with that decision. It came down like, I think towards the end of the, of the late game, you know? So this was like, I don't know. They must've deliberated for a good while. Uh, and then of course the warrior story drops about how they're really upset uh, and feel slighted by this, but I don't know. A lot of bad juju. I think if the, if the basketball gods, you know, wanted to make an example out of them, 
we'd see a sweep here. Ultimately, the pedigree should get them a couple games. But, you know, you were also on this pretty early. Just how bad they've been on the road. Crazy. You know, and I think, I don't know, like that that, that poor, you know, road performance um, part of their DNA was on full display in both of those games. You know, very unwarriors like you know, if you if you think about the last few years. But I guess maybe that's just who they are this season. Yeah, that was my fear. I think you're right. I mean, the reason I would take the Kings plus six tonight instead of just on the I mean, on the money line right now on DraftKings, they're plus two ten. But I don't think I don't know. <laughs> Even without Draymond and I saw Sabonis is gonna play, like you you gotta think that Steph might have one nuclear punch left in him, um, and I don't know. You know, I think the thing that's interesting about the Kings that I, I like about them is that they don't appear to give a shit of, about the Warriors' pedigree um, at all. Yeah, and like there were moments, um, Steph made. I think it was Game One when it was getting close. It was, there were like four minutes left somewhere in that range and Steph makes a corner three and just the Cavaliers fan in me, I was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I know how this one ends. Steph Curry hits the, it's the corner three. I'm like, that's, that starts the run. And then the Warriors win the game. And then I have to smack myself in the forehead and go, yeah, duh, of course the Warriors win the game, but they did it because then De'Aaron Fox just came back on like two straight possessions mm-hmm. and just gets buckets. I was like, Oh wow. These dudes, <laughs> I mean, De'Aaron Fox clutch player of the year, like it has scored a ton of points in like the last five minutes of close games. Like this dude really doesn't give a shit. And he is, he has arrived. Like he is, Entering his prime, it looks like. So, um, even if I even if I think there's a nuclear Steph game in the works here, I I don't know. I, I think the Kings might be able to hang with them. Yeah, I mean Fox is legit, and Mitchell was actually giving Curry. I don't know. He was harassing him a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think Mitchell was making it a little bit tough for him to, you know, just kind of shoot comfortably. You know, um, I don't know. I was pretty impressed with them. Fox also. I mean, the, the, I think that just the times that I caught the Kings this year, it felt like more like Sabonis was the engine. Right. Um, and I think in this series, Sabonis, you know, has kind of un- underperformed, but still looked really solid. But Fox has just been awesome. And I think, you know, you start to think about like, okay, if he's going to be at this level, um, and we'll talk about another one, like Jamal Murray last night was another one that, yeah. It's like, okay, if, if he's going to be at this level, only two teams can make the conference finals. Um, we're going to, we're going to see some like really high level play um, result in still some guys going home, but back to the Warriors, I think really the biggest difference is the supporting cast. Yep. You know, clay has looked so bad. Um, Harrison Barnes is just making it a point to just dunk on him <laughs> as much as he can. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's been, just like, that's him just dunk on him. yeah, it's been funny. Um, but you know, Clay has been like really flat. They haven't gotten anything from either of the young guys. Um, Wiggins still working his way back. He looks really shaky. Um, and now Draymond, you know, he melts down, he's out the game. Now he's going to miss game three. Um, even if you do get the Steph nuclear game or games, um, all of a sudden it doesn't really guarantee you anything. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, Wiggins, 
coming off such a long layoff. Um, yeah, it, it, it was going to be tough for him to like ramp up his offensive game that quickly. Um, and yeah, man, like, uh, Kaminga, like, is kind of like a tantalizing player. And I, I, I don't want to like cross streams or like to give my other thoughts, but like what I was talking about, like, uh, last week and the weeks before with the Cavs, where I'm just like, well, yeah, Garland and Mobley, they're awesome. They're just not ready yet. They're too young. Kaminga's obviously not on, on their level, but how could he be ready? Like, he's, he's a very young man and like, uh, I don't even think Kerr played him that much in the second half of, of either game. And Jordan Poole is fine. I, I feel like he kind of got uh, maybe a little over overvalued or overrated um, because of some big games last year. But, like, I don't know. He gives you almost nothing on defense, and he's kind of like a microwave guy every couple games. And it's like, I don't know, is that – Back to to your point, is that the supporting cast that's that Steph can carry through? Probably not. A, a great team has a guy like Jordan Poole kind of like contributing, mm-hmm. right? And I think they're looking for Poole to be like, I don't know, like their number two scorer, like pretty consistently. I don't know. I, I think um, I think it, <laughs> it's going to turn out that I think I was, I was wrong about this uh, Warriors team. Um, just because I think the vibe is like really, really way off. Um, and I guess it turns out when one teammate, you know, sucker punches another one and knocks him out cold, that turns out to be a bad omen for the rest of the season. Who, who could have thought? <laughs> um, I mean, still though, I don't, I don't blame you. Let me just say uh, real quick so I can sneak it in officially on the record. And I don't know if I should just, uh, shoot the tweet out. Just it's six fifty four Pacific time. I, I'm locking in Kings plus six. Uh, there we go. We we've t- well, I've talked my way into it. <laughs> okay, so you're you've got the Kings plus six. I've got the Warriors as part of a two team parlay at minus two ten, along with the Sixers minus one ninety. Um, Sixers Nets. Any thoughts there? I think we might we we both bet the sweep. The sweep. It, it, she was looking in jeopardy there for a little while. The Nets made a huge charge. I think the Sixers just pulled ahead with less than a minute left. Um, okay, but wonderful. the the Nets were ahead there for a little bit in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, I think it looks like the Sixers might might pull it out. I mean, this was the game. I think you nailed it last pod when you talked about Game Three is the one where mm-hmm. uh, you know we we obviously played uh, the two sweeps, uh, Sixers sweeping the Nets or Celtics sweeping the Hawks. That team that loses the first two on the road you almost always get their best punch in game three. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can survive those, then you should be in, in pretty great shape. Yeah. Some, something I, f- I forgot to mention last week when we were talking about the sweeps, the Nets got swept last year and they had Durant and Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I, I was just like, that just totally blanked out of my mind. I was like, I was like, yeah, of course they're going to get swept this year. <laughs> like they got swept <laughs> last year with a lot better players. There's some hellified games though against Boston. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to argue like, oh well, it was a close sweep. But like, um, I mean, I, that is a funny, um, <laughs> a funny way to look at it. Like, oh, okay, you won zero playoff games with Kevin Durant. Hard to expect you to win uh, any more than zero without him. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Let's jump to. 
Um, another really exciting series, Suns Clippers. So, you know, it happens from time to time. It happened to me today. <laughs> I'm looking at the line and it's like Suns minus eight. And I think I had gone on a rant either last week or the week prior where I'm like, okay, I get the Suns are good and they're exciting and they haven't lost with, with Durant, but they also don't have a bench. You know, they have four players that are like good NBA players and then everybody else is not really a good NBA player, which, <laughs> which is going to make it difficult, you know, especially, especially with like the injury thing we've joked about. Obviously we don't, we don't hope for that, but it happens. Right. Um, especially with like a, an extended workload. And then you couple that with like the Clippers losing Paul George and everybody would be like, Oh, okay. Clippers are done. You know? And so I'm like, Oh man, I'm already in the mindset that everybody's like too overbought on the Suns. Yeah. And then I see the, the line today and I'm like, Suns minus eight at Los Angeles. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> How could this be? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't occur to me that I'm like, I, I just figured I would have heard about the Kawhi news somehow. I, it somehow didn't come across until after I made my pick. I, I didn't just take the plus eight from the Clippers. I went all the way <laughs> to say I'm taking the Clippers alternate spread minus four and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, swung all the way the other way, plus 180. So, you know, basketball gods help me. Um, I need the Clippers to win by five tonight to cover my plus 180 alternate spread line. Hey, anything can happen, you know, like we talked about. It's still a road game. Um, it's still a playoff game. Uh, Clippers still are, you know, a talented team. They're just missing their guy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But series wise, I think that one's going to go. I mean, I don't know. Do we know anything about Kawhi's injury? So I think Woj tweeted. Um, I think Leonard is uh, like questionable or he's day to day before. Uh, before game five so like he might play game five i think is what my understanding was um and i i think i know where you're going with this is that it is pretty devastating to our old clippers um minus or plus two and a half for the series uh i think no Kawhi hurts but like you said we 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 got Anything can happen, one, which is not, you know, a great betting strategy, but, <laughs> um, buddy, we're both Norm Powell guys today. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you just come right on to Norm Powell Island with me. Uh, you're well, welcome aboard. Yep. Me, you, and Russ. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I would also want to petition the league that if the Clippers win this game, and Russell Westbrook beats Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. Like if if Russell Westbrook has a monster game and they win this game, even if they get knocked out of the playoffs, the NBA should commission a championship ring for Russell Westbrook for <laughs> like as like a lifetime achievement award because I, he takes a lot of crap. Uh, and I understand the inefficiencies and he's uh, like one of the worst, if not the worst, I think three point shooter with with volume in the history of the league, whatever. But that dude is awesome. He's super cool. By all accounts, he seems like a good dude. So if Russ can get one of these, just give him an, a, a super sick, gigantic Golden State Warriors style ring. I love it. I love it. I, I'm a huge Russ guy. Yeah. And I think um, one of the TNT guys mentioned it that 
you know, it's a little cliche, but he's able to affect the game in other ways. Yeah. And I think he's kind of getting back a little bit to like point guard Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, and just maybe making, you know, better playoff decisions. So I think it's, I don't know, it's been really exciting to see him play well. Can't really expect too much from him, you know, be able to carry that load. <laughs> On ESPN.com, he was listening. I was one of the players to watch, you know, like where they highlight like the, the one <laughs> on one matchup. Thanks, thanks guys. Yeah, so it's like, all right, we've got to. All right, so who's behind Kawhi? I guess it's Russ. He's famous, you know. Uh, I want. I want to know the guy who was uh, in the office. They were like Terrence Mann, I think. Right? He's the one. <laughs> you know, Zubots. His purr is like <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> Not a lot of people talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. Um, I don't know the the Kawhi KD showdown in game two, um, and then Kawhi just kind of going off in, in game one was so cool to watch. I really just hope, from a basketball standpoint, we get more of that. Um, if the Clippers can like squeeze one of these two out, you know, then we've got a series. You know, that gives Kawhi time to, to rest, and then I think we get those. Um, what would have to be really fantastic game six and seven. Yeah. And that's why it's such a stomach punch to see that. The thing about Kawhi Leonard, too, is that, like, even a couple of years back when he tore his ACL, this guy is such an enigma. He suffers injuries, and you don't even know. And, like, they, they get announced out of nowhere, too. It's so cool. Like, this guy is, he is maybe, and I don't mean this pejoratively, maybe the weirdest player in NBA history. Like, he is one of the greatest playoff performers ever. But he load manages more than any other player. You could make an argument that he almost kind of like helped usher in an era of load management. Like his career is just fucking weird. Yeah, he's going to be um, – he's definitely going to be the face of load management. I think so. You know, I mean he'll be the, the first one that we think about. Um, and if he's ever able to win a title, a third title with a third team, what do you do with that? <laughs> that's what I'm saying yeah you know it's a very very weird career um, you know it sort of reminds me of like um, you know kind of like the Tracy McGrady types or like the Pete Maravich or you know like just where, where people are just like it's a lot of like what ifs around somebody's career yeah and then Kawhi is like has all those same what ifs you know all these injuries and unfortunate things but then he also won two championships. Like, you know, so he has like the what ifness to his career, but also like the all time resume, you know, that probably puts him, you know, somewhere in the top 25, top 30. Um, yeah. Excellent call out with just kind of like the weirdness of it. I can't really think of one that's weirder. Like, I almost want to sit like a, like a Bo Jackson ish, but he wasn't he, like, he's not as eye popping as Bo because of the speed and shit. But like, I, I don't know. It, yeah, it's hard to come up with like a real comp for him, but he's like a, uh, like a, like a lightning, like a comet almost, where he comes around to every couple of years. It's just like, whoa, is this dude the best player in the world? It's hard to hard to figure it out. You know, the closest one I could think of is Gronk. Mm, that's like, interesting. You know, like sort of like weird injury career, and it's like, is he the greatest ever? And did he, you know, like, or is he? You know, like, oh, like he, it was weird because he just kind of came and went. And now yeah. the current crop, you know, Kittles and Kelsey's and stuff like that, they seem like they're going to have a little bit longer of a shelf life. But, um, yeah, I was going to say, let, let's fast forward to um, my next pick. This one's tomorrow night. So Nuggets and Wolves. Um, 
I just can't quit this ragtag bunch of Timberwolves. So they're getting two and a half points. Um, Really fun game they played last night. Like, I think we'll remember that as the uh, the Aunt Jamal Murray game. Maybe for the next week and a half, and then we'll forget it because we'll be on to more exciting basketball. But, um, yeah, I like the way the Wolves are playing. I I took a long look at Wolves plus 1,100 to win the series. Just because, you know... (laughs) Anything can happen. Like I said, I can't quit these guys. Um, am I insane? Am I just kind of like a like a scorned lover at this point? I'll just keep, you know, hoping, wishing, waiting. I mean, I love I love the commitment, man. Nobody can question your loyalty here. Um, yeah, I mean, Anthony Edwards, like it's not like anybody doubted it before, but he's going to be the guy. Like mm-hmm. Um, he's like one of, you know, whatever it is, like seven or eight guys in the league who you'll look at and be like, yeah, yeah, he could be the number one on a title team. Um, you just got to get it right around him. And I, I mean, what, what evidence do we have that whoever is in charge of the Timberwolves is going to be able to put the right stuff around him? It is, would be my concern. Um, I know he led the furious comeback. He was six for ten from three. Um, oh hard to hard to sustain <laughs> that. Um, uh, yeah, and then you know the uh, uh, the nugs pull away again at the end. I don't know. It's gonna be gonna be tough sledding. Um, but again, you got the game three bump. I am not nearly as optimistic as you, but I'm not mad at you for it. I think it's. I mean. That skill is just tantalizing, and I would hope that Carl Anthony Towns will not go three for twelve again. This fucking guy, <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> and you know, like I mean, he's trying his best. I'm sure the only person worse than Carl Anthony Towns is the NBA writer guy that just is trying to convince you that Carl Anthony Towns is like a potentially one A player and. I mean, just the skill level, and you know, and it's like, dude. Then you watch this guy in the game, and he doesn't know how to play basketball. the 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 most frustrating part about this whole um, Wolves run, just because again, I, I've been fixated, and I just I can't quit. Um, is you see flashes, you know, you kind of see flashes of like whether it's Conley throwing Gobert a lob, or you know, like an ant, you know, Gobert pick and roll, or like there's just like. Or or cat just kind of hits a three off a kick out from Conley and like you're just like damn if if these guys could get it together, um not that they could you know not that they're at the same skill level as the Suns for, but if they could just kind of get on the same page, right? Like where you know you watch the Suns guys play, and Durant fits right in, um and they could play off each other, you know. And I think like the Wolves, you just kind of see flashes, but they never really can quite get it right there's just a i think it's funny you uh you say sometimes you watch carl anthony towns it's like this dude doesn't know how to play basketball it's like they they take turns it feels like doing goofy shit where <laughs> carl anthony like cat is not standing in the right place but then then rudy turns into stone hands and he can't catch the basketball when you pass it to him for like a couple like three out of five possessions and it's just like can you all just Kind of do the things that you do well at the same time for just a couple minutes yeah. at a time. Yeah, that's why I say you just see if you see you see it in flashes. 
uh, and then they just kind of fall back on Ant's brilliance um, to kind of keep them in games. On the other side, I don't know, man. I was watching Murray last night, and you know, you get the bubble flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just hitting everything, um, and he's he's hitting everything, and he has so much space. You know, it kind of reminds me of Jaw a little bit, where he's not. You know, Jaw's not the same kind of shooter. But just the amount of space that he's able to generate, you know, with his crossover or his kind of, you know, like a, his just kind of like stop on a dime and pull up. Yes. Um, you're just like, that guy's wide open, you know? <laughs> um, and Murray gets so wide open. And even when it's contested, his jumper is just so smooth. Um, and it's a, just a, a, a different level. Like he makes like a leap or two in the playoffs, it seems like pretty consistently who knows how or why it happens but i thought to myself if he's going to play like this um are him and Jokic like the best duo are they a top two duo um and i i really kind of took myself to the exercise i'm like okay i think I've, i think i've got tatum and brown one um yeah. Kawhi pg that's a little bit tbd right because of the injuries now we've got durant and booker um Austin Reeves and I don't know if you take LeBron <laughs> or AD, whoever you want. Uh-huh. Uh, either of the two work, Giannis and Drew. Uh, and I'm like, you know, if Murray's going to play like this and like take him to the finals or maybe close to it, you know, as like a 1A, 1B type with Jokic, I don't know. I think I think I might take the, them like right up there with anybody else. I, I think probably Tatum and Brown still get the nod, but I don't know. I've been really impressed with um with Murray, a little bit less so with the Nuggets as a team, though, including yeah. Jokic. Sometimes I feel like Jokic kind of does a little, uh, oh, I'm I'm distributor guy. I'm gonna make really clever passes, and you know, which I I love. I know you appreciate too. Um, but sometimes it's just like, hey, man, like you should get. You're good at getting buckets too. Like yeah. I need, like I need you to set people up, but I I'd also like you to be a little more assertive um and sometimes he has threes and you know again he's such a genius passer and he had he had every angle is available to him because he's a seven footer but sometimes he has that three at the top um of the arc and i'm just like Mm -hmm. fucking shoot it man like i know you can make those like i've seen you make a million of them just like you are wide open enough that you could you could shoot a couple more of those a game um but you know then he then he like takes a couple dribbles and then makes a brilliant pass and Aaron Gordon has a layup. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well that's fine. Rudy Gobert falls down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> and Kat, Kat's turning around looking at her like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I will say, and to, to your point about Murray, um, I like that the Nuggets have Murray, Porter, and there are some times where KCP looks like it too, where like every shot they let go, I'm like, oh, that's going in. Yeah. Like their their shots look good. Um, yeah. Oh my god, KCP and Porter. Yep. Those are two like just you know, 99s would you just kind of see their release. Yes. Porter has that like nice little rotation. But yeah, that Jokic, you know, top of the break 3 is so frustrating because you know, even if he just took that every now and then kind of as a catch and shoot Mm-hmm. It, it would put more pressure on the defense because you'd have to get out there. And I think, you know, to Embiid's credit, that's part of his game. You know, he's yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm here. This is going up. And 
he knocks enough of them down that you have to kind of respect it. But it seems like Jokic never takes it. So you can like lay off of him. He just kind of shot fakes. and just like, at some point, just shoot it. And then when he does shoot it, after like three shot fakes, he's a little bit out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like not the same as, you know, just kind of staying in the flow of the game. So with that said, they're still well in control of the series. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens here in game three with them. I need to I need to think about it a little more. I think we might we might set a tasty spreads uh, record of if you're going to take the Wolves plus two and a half. We I think so. I'm on the other side of you on this uh, on this Warriors Kings game. I might be on the other side of you on this Nuggets Wolves game too. I don't know. We usually don't disagree a ton, but Nuggets minus two and a half. I feel like they're just the better team, even on the road. I don't know. On the I I will need to think about it a little before I got time to, before I lock it in tomorrow. Yeah. I think, and, and part of my thinking too is, um, you know, we saw the nets tonight. They ended up losing to the Sixers. I just checked. Yep. Um, so Sixers up three Oh, I think we're going to coast right to that sweep. Um, go. keep the good times rolling, but, um, you know, that was a close game, game three. And I think those teams are farther apart. Sixers nets than are the nuggets wolves. Um, I think the Wolves were able to kind of keep it competitive outside of that game one where, you know, shout out to me again. <laughs> I picked that alternate spread. Uh, the Wolves coming off that short turnaround, you know, having to play in the plan, going to Denver at the altitude. You know, I just kind of saw the uh, the blowout, you know, written all over that one. But I don't know. I think the Knicks, I'm sorry. I think the Wolves, you know, um, I think they make it a game and, and I, I actually am expecting them to win. But the plus two and a half was enough to just kind of cover that last minute, you know, if something funky happens and we get a one position game there at the end. And again, Murray's burying a three with 13 seconds left. Yeah, yeah. I think there was some, some lingering effects of watching him <laughs> yeah. game two just, uh, just hammer them over and over. He was awesome. Um, I can see it. Real quick, Grizz, Grizz Lakers. What do you think? So full disclosure, I'll need you to carry me through this. I did not watch game two. I know game one had me a little shook. I was like, oh boy, this uh, this Grizzlies to win the series bet. Um, but uh, can you can you tell me what happened in, in game two and to help you what you saw beforehand to keep your uh, hot streak going as you bet them before the game? So um, game one... Rui had a great game. Austin Reeves had a great game. Um, way above their averages. And it was still pretty competitive all the way through. Um, Lakers take one on the road. Game two, um, Jaws out. He's got the wrist injury. Um, LeBron and Anthony Davis were both on the injury report as day-to-day. They both played. Um, but I just didn't expect that those role players were going to you know, be able to replicate that and that that team would be up 2-0, having won two road games. Yeah. It was pretty much as simple as that. I'm like, I just do not see, you know, Rui Hachimura, <laughs> like, you know, coming in here, like, and winning two on the road at Memphis, who was really great all season, even without yeah. Ja. You know, right. so, I mean, the Ja injury is kind of weird, but that's just, a, a, like, a weird quirk about that team that they they still win, you know, without him. Um Maybe it's just a function of like kind of like the things that we like about them, the physicality, um, the energy, you know, the pace, all that fun stuff. Um, and I just 
don't know. This this is going to be a long series. And long series are usually 1-1 one, one after 2, and they're usually 2-2 two, two after 4. Uh, and then we get to the fun games. So that was a the thinking there, picking the Grizz. I still think they should win the series because what we talked about going back weeks now, LeBron and AD, it's just going to be a grind. Yeah. You know? And then you're counting on these other guys who, you know, I mean, if they had the third guy, if had Russ worked out or they could have turned somebody into Beal or something, you know, um, and kept a little bit of depth, but you know, after LeBron and AD and you know, LeBron is it's not the same kind of effective, a lot of jump shots, you know, a lot of, you know, his pass getting cut off on the way to the rim. Um, he's having to resort to kind of like these runners, weird runners off the glass and do, you know, doing stuff just to get what he can. He's still, he's still great, but, um, it's going to, it's not going to be easy for them to win four. Yeah. And I, I know when we, we had talked about it before the series started, um, the the very it's almost like a spooky thing is that when LeBron is so gassed at the end of games and he's throwing the ball into the stands and just giving the ball away it's just like yo this is this is what's happening man this really it feels weird and yeah like if he has to like take it up a notch every single game he's just not going to have enough left in the tank I don't think yeah it's going to be out of notches. Exactly, and I will say, um, I <laughs> going back to why I know we talked. We've talked about them for weeks, obviously, because they're an important team. But the Grizzlies, um, just Hall of Fame post game interviews. I think <laughs> Desmond Desmond Bain referring to the Rui Hachimura game and, and saying that's probably the best game he's played in his life is a <laughs> hilarious quote. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. That's so great. And then after game two. Dylan Brooks completely seriously says the phrase "I poke bears" when referring to talking about uh, you know <laughs> getting into it with LeBron, and I was like, "That is an objectively hilarious thing for a grown adult to say." Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> On one hand, you know, you get so annoyed with these guys, the Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green types, but in the on the other hand, you're like, "This guy is such a good heel." And he's able to just manipulate the game with just fuckery, you know, <laughs> it's yep. just like how, how, you know, they, that, that extra dimension, like those guys are just willing to go a lot farther than like really <laughs> normal human, uh, human behavior tendencies will allow us to go. So you got to give them props. You know, I think they, they're, they're making something of it. And I, I, it does feel like Dylan Brooks is kind of like, Taking it up a level even from Draymond. Yeah. And I, the thing I like about him is that he is – now, I know Dylan Brooks had said something earlier in the year like, oh, at this point, I'm better than Draymond. I don't I don't know. On a night-to-night basis, I mean on some nights, maybe. But I kind of look at Dylan Brooks as like he's a slightly bigger and fairly significantly better Patrick Beverly. Hmm. Like – uh, like he's Patrick Beverly, but he can make shots, which is uh, pretty helpful because he is, he is like you said, like super annoying on, on the court, but he is actually has good skill to go along with it. He's, I mean, he's, he's a valuable NBA player. Um, yeah. It, it, there's a weird, the, the bias for the Suns and the Lakers is really weird 
Um, you know, especially when I think playoff time, I've kind of like tuned out a lot of the podcasts and discussion, you know, which is like more what I lean on like during the season. Um, yeah. But just when, when we get to the playoffs, I try to kind of watch really as much as I can. So all that time where I would be catching up, I'm really just kind of using that time to watch the games. And I just don't see it, you know, like like of all the all the Lakers talk uh, and the Suns talk. I think that's the other one. Um, the Kings have really surprised me. Um, and I think it's it's pretty wide open. And the Clippers, I think if they could get their guys back, you know, this they're like the series they're in, you know, might as well be the conference finals, like with like the the, the peak that each of those teams have been able to hit within those two games. So totally wide open, but pretty exciting stuff. Let's jump over to the East. A um, couple blowouts, but Nick's Cavs is still. Is still in that in that warm up stage of the series. Were you able to catch oh, yes. up on that? And what, what do you what do you think's going on there? Well, it's top of mind for me, my good man. Um, the and you were you were all over it. I, I was so busy with work that I missed even with me getting my Twitter notifications on. You were all over it right away. Like there was no chance, uh, and it's not a slight to the Knicks, but the Cavs were not going to lose Game Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, no way they're going to lose it at all. Um, that was. And your streak of winners, just taking them on the money line. Um, Brunson goes five for 17 in game two. Um, Darius Garland plays really well. He was able to hand, like in game one, the Knicks were just like, okay, we're just going to blitz Garland as soon as he has the ball over half court. Like they, and you know, he's not super tall. I mean, he's like six one ish. So he was having a hard time in game one. And that was something that I had seen like, throughout different courses of the season. That's why Garland, I think, it, you know, maybe I'm not so, I'm not entirely sure if the stats back this up, but I, being eye test guy, I feel like that has been a little bit of a problem for Garland in his young career. Is like when you double him in late game situations or important situations, you can really kind of cause him some problems because he's not able to get the ball out mm-hmm. right away. Um, but yeah, uh, Garland played super well. Um, Brunson did not, uh, and Randall didn't play great either. So the Cavs kind of walked to that victory, but looking at Friday's game, Madison square garden is going to be insane for that game. Mm. Um, and I go back to the same thing that I keep harping on here is that Evan Mobley's 21 years old and Darius Garland is 23 and they're going to play an MSG and they've never played, um, you know, the two most meaningful games they've played in their career have just happened. And now they have to go into the garden. Like I said, Brunson went five for 17 in the last game. I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, Josh Hart has a little bit of time to rest his ankle. I think that will be helpful. Um, it is a cliche, but I think it, it it's a cliche because it holds true a lot of times is that role players play better uh, at home. Um and the Knicks shot 24% from three in game two. So I think many of those things swing back in the old Knickerbockers' favor in game three. So give me those fighting New York Knicks minus two at home against my fighting mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and I say all of that while still conceding exactly what you're talking about with long series. I won't be shocked if I'm taking the game, the Cavs to win game four. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, 
I, I, I agree with, with kind of like how you're looking at it. And I definitely, whoever's winning game three, mark it down. <laughs> the other team's winning game four. This series yep. is going 2-2. Um, one thing that I do think is interesting is a couple of years back, we got the Trey Young game at MSG. Um, mm. when he was kind of like a relatively young guy and that became his kind of like coming out party a little bit nationally. Um, you know, prior to that, I think we we're thinking about him as the guy that got traded for Luca and you know, how funny is that? Um, and you know, once he shows up and, and beats the Knicks, um, and does his Reggie Miller thing at MSG takes him up a level that could be in the cards. I think this year for a guy like Mobley, um, Wow. It's fun to think about what kind of game that would take. But I think if he dominates either of these two games um, and becomes, you know, essentially the man of the match um, and they win that game, <laughs> I, I think we, you know, now we get into the game six, game seven territory where if he takes a series with two huge games, you know, a la what Trey did, you know, now he might be at that level that we've kind of been talking about um, him being able to reach. That's that's incredible. Uh, I thought you were gonna, you know, I thought you were gonna go to another big Mitchell game. Obviously, he's had multiple of those in the past. A big Mobley game. That's that's extremely intriguing. His over under for points in Game Three, fourteen and a half for mm. Mobley. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, damn, what a big game for it. Like, yeah, you're thinking like a Mobley big game. What if he has like – I mean he Mobley could have a big game, and like a coming out party game and it could just be he disrupts everything at the rim and then he has like what? Like 26 and 15 and people will be like, holy fuck, he's here. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, or am I underselling? Are you thinking even bigger than that? No, no. I think – yeah. I mean I'm, I'm thinking like a – yeah, twenty six, fifteen, and like six blocks and four steals. <laughs> yeah, um, and like a you know a plus eighteen something like that um, with free throws and a couple two. You know, I don't know. I'm just kind of getting wild with it, but I think you know if he were able to, I don't know. Like this, this is kind of like in that range where if he's going to be at that KG Duncan level, um, mm-hmm. you know, not to blaspheme, um, this might be a nice spot for him. In a series where these teams are evenly matched, everybody expects it to go very deep. Um, another thing I'll say, maybe that is a bit of a cautionary tale on your pick, is these four or five matchups that you know go one-one um, with the road team winning game one, and now it's kind of flip-flopping. These tend to be really weird series in terms of how, like, how the games shake out. You know, we've had a couple series in the past few years where we get to game six. And like the road team has won every single game, and you're like, that's this. This seems like mathematically <laughs> impossible for you know in terms of how improbable it is to have you know six straight road games win, and then they alternate perfectly. But it does happen, and I think you know this is usually the kind of series where you get funky stuff like that. So that's something to, to look out for. But the line is yeah. so close. You got the Knicks who feel like the more complete playoff team. Um. You know, maybe they don't have the same peak, you know, that the Cavs can hit, you know, for a quarter, but they do feel like they're built for the playoffs uh, and maybe like the better team. So really, really cool, good value 
um, for them minus two coming back home for game three. That's where, that's where I landed. And, and yeah, I will say like, I know he only scored, um, I know he only scored three points, but people are like, you know, well, Danny, like Danny Green played 20 minutes. Um, now some of it was like garbage time. Um, I just like as the games get more important, uh, it's hard to hard to see a lot of Danny Green minutes. And do I think I'm going to get 24 from Levert at at MSG? Ugh, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, I might get 24 shots, but <laughs> exactly. 24 points. I'm I'm going to circle back to that. By the time we hit the recap, oh, I'm going to decide. I'm going to decide if I'm on board. He's intrigued. <laughs> Interest is peaked. Um, <laughs> the top on the top on the jet, cross the pond, and talk about some football. Let's go. Your guys did what they needed to do. Tell, well, tell me, I, I, I imagine you were caught up on um, on the city results and uh, Champions League more broadly. <laughs> what do you think? How are you feeling? What was your takeaway? What are we looking out for? Um, how are the vibes? I think the vibes are good. They did what they needed to do. You know, they go to Germany. Um, they, you know, they they just need to pretty much hold serve. I'll give Munich, Bayern Munich credit. Um, they looked like they were just ready to attack. Like, I mean, and this is this is pretty much standard. They played like a team who, in the second leg, needed a miracle. Um, but they weren't sloppy with it. They weren't super vulnerable. They attacked, especially down the right-hand side, and they were going right at Nathan Ake, which is usually a, a difficult proposition because that young fella is fucking good. And they were not scared of him at all. And it, was, it seemed like the game plan was we're going at Ake um, with a lot of pace. Um, but they weren't leaving themselves super vulnerable to the counter either. Pep is such a genius at this point that I just think he's in people's heads, mine included, as as I love him, where I'm just like, holy shit, did he do this on purpose? Like, did he do, did he put together a game plan and talk to the boys about, okay, like there are going to be times where we need to just get a defensive posture and not really park, we're going to park the bus, but in an aggressive sky blue kind of way. <laughs> like, and so um, Bayern had some chances they got lucky in a few spots, and uh, that defender up a Meccano for for Bayern Munich, who I talked about last time, had a, had two awful giveaways that led to goals. Um, he had, there was a moment in there where I think it was KDB played the ball through, and Holland is running one on one against the keeper with up a Meccano on his right hip, and he fouls him. Uh, which is what, what in what was clearly a denial of a goal scoring opportunity or a dog so as we like to say in uh, football parlance, um, and they and, you know the ref immediately shows red, but Holland was offside like just his like knee and like the top of his shoulder were offside so that all got called back but he almost had a hideous mistake there, and then later in the game had an awful uh, and he just gets he just gets like. Allen Iverson crossover falls on his ass from Holland, who then drills one in the in the back of the net um, to get a draw. So all this filibustering by me is to say, I feel like they just went in there and were like, okay, 
let's stand up to some offensive pressure and we'll really try to pick our spots and we'll just like kind of sharpen this aspect of our game. And they did it against Bayern Munich in Munich. That's how great, that's how com- that's how confident these guys are. Yeah, they're just work workshopping stuff in the Champions League <laughs> quarterfinals or uh, just like yeah, let's try this out. You know, like it, like it's a the fourth preseason game in the NFL. It's very annoying. Um, they look awesome. Um, I actually put a little something in in on them this week. So they face uh, Real Madrid in the semis, and they were minus two sixty to advance, um, which I jumped on with a double unit um, just because, you know, I think that that, that's all covered with my um, Madrid bet. And I do think that City just look like um, the best team in the world right now. I think they're very scary looking. and, And, you know, to your point about Pep, he's he continues to tinker and try different things. Um you see a different city attack pretty much every match, um, which is wild because it's kind of like just rotating through the same players. But um, the way they're attacking and the way they're eventually scoring, it's um, it's wide and varied, which is which is a scary thing to see uh, as an Arsenal fan specifically. Welcome to the team, my good man. Um, I was I was debating. On whether or not we would refer to this uh, Manchester City versus Real Madrid, if we would refer to this as the Tasty Spreads Derby or Derby, if you if you're so inclined, um, but I do think to to stay true to it, um, I believe that the Tasty Spreads Derby is happening on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, no, no bets are getting placed. I think on Arsenal from now to the end of the year. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't have any heart conditions as, as far as I know, according to my last uh, my last checkup. But I I would feel one coming on if I if I did anything rash uh, above and beyond what I've what I've already done with Arsenal, which is pick them to win the win the league Premier League a few weeks back um, at a number that's probably not looking as attractive as it would be right now because they've stumbled. Um, we've played where's the draw last few weeks and. I didn't see it, but <laughs> staring at me right in the face. But you know, like any uh, irrational parent, we we choose not to see the things we don't want to see, and we keep it moving. That's right. Nothing to see here. Just uh, just giving up a couple of two nil leads. Um, you know, sometimes I mean, you're going to have some lulls in the season. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't be <laughs> I wouldn't be super worried. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little, it's getting a little dicey for your boys. I'd say they are. Uh, Arsenal is now plus one eighty five to win the Premier League. Okay. And what city? Um, which city is minus two fifty to win the Premier League? That seems a. They're my guys, obviously. Um, that seems a little aggressive. That is aggressive. That's definitely aggressive. Um, does feel like City's out of loose. I will say that. Um, but they've got to essentially not stumble. Um, and I think, you know, the Saliba injury that I've been talking about, I mean, it's it's Massive. it's all over these last two two very winnable games. But yeah, with Saliba back there, I don't think, I think both of those games finished differently, probably as wins. But 
that is the Premier League season, you know, like um, depth um, and availability are a big part of it. And yeah, I think we're just going to have to see how, how things finish out. But as it stands now, I think both teams maybe control their own destiny um, if they're able to win out, including the big matchup coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll tell you something sneaky, and I'm sure obviously Vegas, those tricky bastards, they have considered this, but um, I'm, I'm going to double check now. But like off the top of my head, I still think my boys, City, I think we still have to play both Brighton and Brentford, and one of those games is away. Um, and I think that's a that could be tricky toward the end of the year. Like the those are like legit. Dudes, like, okay, so we play in the league. We play you guys on Wednesday. Then we play Fulham. That should be a walk. We play West Ham. That should be a walk. We play Leeds. Uh, then we got to play Madrid. Then we play Everton. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe we don't. Okay, I guess we don't play Brighton. Um, but we play Brentford in the last match of the season um, at Brentford. And I don't know, man. I mean, like, weird shit happens sometimes. I know, like, I go into all these podcasts going, we're going to fucking destroy everybody. But Brentford's not a bullshit team. Like, they're pretty good. So, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> weird shit happens. <laughs> so, and I, I got uh, to yeah. tell you, I really appreciate you trying to, <laughs> trying to comfort me in this tough time. <laughs> Brentford's not doing no, it for no, not at all. You know, and then you go into it, you're like, you know, we've got some tough matches. Let's pop this over here. We got Leeds. We got it's Fulham. Fulham. <laughs> we got Everton. Yeah, we do play a lot of bullshit teams, it turns out. Uh, for some reason, I thought we had a fixture against uh, Brighton coming up. No, yeah. doesn't look like it. Yeah, a bunch of bottom half, you know, yeah, uh, cannon fodder for you guys. No, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we do have to play Brighton because we were supposed to play them on Sunday. But we instead are going to beat the brakes off of Sheffield United in the FA Cup instead. So, yeah, they I, they just haven't rescheduled it. But we do have to play Brighton. Also. Okay, there we go. Um, all right, so a little bit of solace for me. appreciate that. <laughs> I do what I can, buddy. <laughs> so that is um, – yeah, Arsenal's got Southampton Friday. Not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch anything, Arsenal. Um, to now the end of the year, I'm just going to ride the roller coaster of being in the good old-fashioned title race – um, and kind of enjoying it while I can. If, if I may, the early line uh, in the Tasty Spreads Derby, City minus 185, Arsenal plus 450, and the draw is plus 350 at the Etihad. Hmm. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's such you're you're at the top of the league and you're plus four fifty. I know you're on the road, but man, that sounds like not like I'm trying to talk you into it, but that is wild. That is like Vegas is all in on City at this point. You know, I, I if if the draw is plus three fifty, um that one's interesting, first off. That marked that one down um as a potential. Arsenal plus 450. Mm-hmm. The number's so big that I, I would hate to put that in, you know, go through the mental processes of imagining an Arsenal <laughs> win on the road and, you know, the storybook ending. You know, you know, remember back, back when we were kids, 
when a team would win the title and Sports Illustrator would send you that bound cover of like the teams, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, this would be the cover of that, of that, uh, that, that leather bound <laughs> sports illustrated of Arsenal's title winning season. And then, you know, it, it, it would be three, nothing at halftime and Holland would <laughs> like have a hat trick <laughs> by the 30th yeah. minute. And I'm just feeling like an idiot. And then the titles are, are dashed. And then I've also lost money. So I, I can't, I can't do that to my future self. I'm just going to watch the game like, um, you know, like the irrational fan that I am. And that'll surpass any sort of financial stakes um, that this game could produce for me. Understandable. And Buddy, as a man who well before this podcast was was started, as a man who bet City uh, against Real Madrid in the semifinal of the Champions League mm-hmm. last year, I know the I know the feeling quite yeah. well. Yep. Just can't do it. Um, I think you've got one more the FA Cup semis. Um, I do. And then we're going to jump into a little bit of where's the draw for that. I like it. Um, so, yeah, I talked to, I just talked about, um, you know, that we do have that city has to play Brighton. I respect Brighton as a team, but let me just get these Manchester United mm. takes off. Because I am, <laughs> I, I don't know how much uh, how locked into the old Europa League. You are. Oh yeah, um, I was there. So, <laughs> so their first leg against Sevilla, they're winning. They're winning two nil at Old Trafford, um, and in the final seven minutes of the match, concede two own goals to walk away with a draw. One, off the very meaty English skull of uh, Harry Maguire. Hilarious way to draw uh, a Europa League match. I was like, wow, you don't get much funnier than that. And yet, they play today against Sevilla. Um, And in, in the eighth minute of the game, David De Gea, looking about as match fixy as I've seen a goalkeeper look in a while, uh, plays a ball again to our old pal Harry Maguire. Plays a plays a pass on the ground to Harry Maguire, who's standing at the top of the eighteen with three Sevilla players standing around him, and uh, Yusuf Enaziri. Uh, Enaziri just takes it right off him and drills it into the back of the net. And De Gea standing there. And I mean, I think the announcer is just like, <laughs> at, one, at one point he just goes awful. <laughs> like, uh, or yeah, he's just like confused. Like it was a completely insane decision, completely loses his mind. Um, man, United, they have a couple chances. It's that same thing. And, you know, they weren't even playing Rashford. And so I'm just like, boy, this feels real match fixie. Like, do you just want out? of the Europa League um, to focus on the FA Cup. Because, I mean, the, the other leg of the FA Cup uh, after we destroy, after City destroys Sheffield, is uh, the game I'm talking about here, Brighton versus Manchester United. Uh, do you just want out of the Europa League so you can focus fully on the FA Cup? They can see this awful goal in, in the first eight minutes. And then right after halftime, player from Sevilla shoulders one in off a corner kick. And it's a total, it's a total slop goal. But because United gave themselves no margin for error, 
they've totally fucked themselves at this point. Like they, the ball off a corner kick goes off the Sevilla player's shoulder. De Gea reaches up with those incredibly long arms of his, can't get it, but it grazes the bottom of the crossbar and does that um, that weird angle thing where it goes right past the line. It like it, you know, it scrapes the bottom of the crossbar and, and falls into the goal. And you're down two nil, and you're you're finished at that point. Like you cannot come back. United has not looked good in a while. Let, let's, let's take a little journey together. And this journey is, let's talk about the games that Manchester United has played uh, relatively recently. So we all uh, might recall on Sunday, March 5th, they lost to Liverpool 7-0. Oh, yeah, we were there. Since, since then, they have beaten Real Betis in the Europa League. Then they drew Southampton. Then they beat uh, Real Betis again 1-0 in the Europa League. In the FA Cup, they beat Fulham 3-1. Then they lose to Newcastle 2-0. Uh, they have – so Newcastle, the only good team they had played since Liverpool, um, they lose 2-0. They play Brentford. Uh, I believe that was at Old Trafford. Um, and they get a quality win there. One nil though they they kind of squeak by. Then they beat Everton. Then they draw Sevilla. They beat garbage Nottingham Forest, and then they get drubbed three nil to Sevilla today. The the they have one good win since March fifth, uh, when they got their doors absolutely blown off uh, by Liverpool. They're not that good, and Brighton is going to come into this game. United is traveling all the way from Spain. And Brighton is plus 135 at Wembley um, to beat Manchester United. This is the biggest game for for Brighton in a long time. Uh, Brighton at plus 135, that just seems incredibly tasty to me, and I'm I'm all over it. And City's on the other side of the bracket, right? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, this one, just from the principle of... You know, um, looking at the two best names and sort of um, thinking about United and City in the FA Cup final, um, you could pretty much bank it that we're not going to get that. Um, of course. You know, why would we? <laughs> uh, and I think people, United has to be one of them, like a public team as well, um, where, you know, you know all the names, you know all the players. Um <laughs> those odds just definitely feel out of whack. Like there's no world where United feels like they're, they're playing better right now um, than Brighton to the point where they would be plus plus one thirty five. Um, you mentioned Brighton was, so it's like, I don't know that, yeah. th- that, th- that number has to be much closer to even um, in my opinion, based on how they're playing. So I really like that one. I think I'm going to co-sign that one. That I'm I'm going in on that one. Let's go. You know, a couple hours of rooting against United. What's better than that? Exactly. I was doing it anyway, <laughs> so let's let's make let's make it more interesting. <laughs> let's uh, make it more economical. Um, love it. So I'm with you on that one. That leads us to the game that's sweeping the nation. What nation we don't know. Find the draw. Where's the draw? We're still workshopping. I think find the draw. I think it's going to be find the draw. Oh, you like find the draw more than where's the draw? Yeah, it's, I think it's more actionable. You you were pushing find the draw last week, 
And I think, uh, oh, was I? Yeah, yeah. But find the draw is fun. I think it's, you know, it's got the verb in there. I like it. And as, in terms of what nation, huge in Senegal. I don't know if you've seen the analytics yet. Yeah, I mean, we, we've spiked. We're not sure why, but, you know, we're not going to ask those questions at this, at this moment. So in our effort to find the draw, I narrowed it down to three tasty options. Um, I want you to tell me what you think about these three. The first one I looked at, um, I don't know, Battle of the Big Boys in some sense, Newcastle, Tottenham. The number's plus 290, okay? These teams are fourth and fifth in the table. Um, two out of the last five between these two have ended in a draw, right? So we've got that going for us. And if we turn the clock all the way back to their very first meeting, February 18th, 1905, um, in another FA Cup affair. They also drew in that one, one, one. Look at that. God, I love that. I, that's my favorite part about football is that like you have these teams. It's like, well, when they played in 1896, it's like, what, what, what now? <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back, back when the ball was square. <laughs> so, okay. So that one, that one's on the board. Newcastle Tottenham plus 290. The second option. Brentford Villa plus two forty-five. Similar numbers here. So plus two forty-five, not as not as tasty as plus two ninety. Um, these teams are pretty close. Villa's sixth, uh, Brentford's in ninth. Gold gold differential for Villa's for plus four, Brentford's plus five. Um, and Villa's only drawn five times in their last thirty-one matches, or in the thirty-one matches of this year. So it's about one in six clip. Um, when the average is closer to one and four. So maybe they're due. Who knows? What are your thoughts on the first two? Do you see, do you see any draws there? I think – I know Villa's been on a pretty sick run lately. Um, I think – I feel like Brentford – and this is pure eye test. Uh, I feel like Brentford is just like better than Villa. Uh, like I know Villa's in sixth and Brentford is in ninth, but I, I agree that they are even – I think um, I feel, and maybe it's just I like the style that Brentford plays a little more. Um, and Newcastle Tottenham, that one's that one's super interesting. So what Newcastle? They're coming off uh, they're coming off a, a hideous loss to Villa, three uh, nil. Um, and if they want to hold off Tottenham, I mean they they're going to be playing super hard. Um, and Tottenham also coming off a hideous loss to Bournemouth. So like, this is like a gotta have it game for Newcastle and Tottenham. So I could, I feel like I could see it as a draw. I like, I, I totally understand why it, um, why it attracted you, especially Newcastle. They've drawn 11 games this season. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like you might have one more in the chamber that might be more interesting than those two because I feel like I I feel like Newcastle could get a result and Brentford could very easily get a result too. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, it was a trick question. So where, where was the draw? Neither of those games were the draw. I'll tell you where the draw was, buddy. It's going to be at Anfield. Forest oh Liverpool plus six fifty. <laughs> okay, that's double where we want it, and and will it. it be just like our Liverpool boys? To, you know, just kind of continue the wobble. You know, they win a nice one last week. Um, 
very big score line. And uh, coming back home against, um, what would you call them? Terrible, dreadful forest. He used some, some, some not so nice adjective about um, our boys in red. Um, yeah, that was, that was rude. Apologies to the folks in Nottingham. Yeah, that was then, this is now. So we've got, I, I think um, Forrest has drawn nine times in 31 matches. So they're clearly kind of playing for the draw. Um, and I think especially going to Anfield, um, what more are they going to be hoping for at that point? So I, uh, I don't know. I saw that line and I said, you know, it, it's happened the last few weeks um, or multiple occasions, I think, since we, since we kicked off the game, where one that you don't think it's in the plus four or 500, 600 range, um, just because the teams are, you know, you know um, so mismatched. Those are the ones that sometimes end in a draw. That's where I plan on finding the draw this weekend. I mean, I'm coming along for this ride. This is fantastic. Hey, fucking go. This, this is fantastic. I mean, I won't, I won't read through every single result as I did with uh, United. Um, but so now let's go. But let's return back to Liverpool's drubbing of United 7 0. So they beat United 7 0. They then proceed to lose three games in a row. And then they draw two games. And then they, now last week, they destroy, or uh, earlier this week, pardon me, they destroy Leeds 6-1. So if that's the route they're going to go, um, I don't think they'll lose to Nottingham Forest and, and keep the exact pattern going. But it appears that they like to get all their goals out of the way in one game and then not do shit for several other games. Because in those games, following their 7-0 victory over United, they scored 0-0-1-0-2, and then 6 again. Yeah, I, th- I think we might have found the draw. I love it. Yeah, and I think at that number, I mean, what the hell. And This is the reason why we, we bet responsible amounts. 100%. And just, it couldn't be more hilarious if it were to happen. And if we're getting plus 650 on top of it, come on now. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I mean, I like my job. Otherwise, you know, I would have contemplated, you know, when when exactly I give my two weeks notice, uh, based on you know the tear that we've been on, um, and the plus six fifty that that was bound to hit. So very exciting times. Let's go. With that said, let's hit the recap. Um, so I put these in before the pod. Um, took Warriors money line minus two ten. Sixers money line minus 196 ers close out that win. Um, that probably was plus 116. Um, before I found out Kawhi was out, I took the Clips alternate spread minus four and a half plus 180. Fingers crossed, not holding out very much hope for that. Um, the Wolves, I am taking the Wolves plus two and a half tomorrow night. And I know you kind of were sniffing around the Nuggets. Is that something you still want to do? I need more time. Stay tuned to ta- at Tasty Spreads on Twitter. Wonderful. Follow us. Um, and subscribe to those notifications because, I mean, sometimes these picks come out with not a lot of lead time. Uh, Grant, you can attest to that. Right. Knicks Cavs, you are taking the New York Knickerbockers minus two versus your Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I'm taking Man City to qualify um, and get past Real Madrid. As a little bit of a hedge, that's a two-unit minus two sixty, um, just kind of balance things out, and I don't know, maybe win me some money going into the final, whichever way it breaks. 
you are taking Brighton plus 135 to beat Manchester United Wembley in the FA Cup semifinal. I am joining you on that one. That one's an official cosign. Nice. Um, and we both found the draw. Liverpool Forest. Plus 650. Mark it down. Plenty of time to get that one in between now and kickoff. I like it. And then one that didn't make the dock that I that I snuck in there. Made sure to memorialize on Twitter. I got the uh, the Kings plus six in a game that is happening as we speak. They're currently down by six, so I'm going to need them to pick it up a little bit. <laughs> Five minutes left in the second quarter. Come on, boys. Let's keep this close. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting in the push zone, mm-hmm. so get get them gifts ready. Awesome. Well, follow us on Twitter at Tasty Spreads to get all the picks as soon as we make them. Um, subscribe to the pod on Spotify. Uh, at Tasty Spreads Podcast. Check out the Google Doc. Go ahead, check our math, see how we're doing. Um, basically, we we lose some, and we win a lot more than we lose, and we've got the numbers to back it up. Go check that out. And um, that's it, man. I think we did it. Thank you, and good luck this weekend. Well, thank you for all the winners you've been dishing out. Let's, <laughs> let's keep this shit going. Let's keep it going. Good luck, man. All right, same to you, buddy. Okay, see you.